0: This is episode number 49 of Poolside Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Anthony, and thanks for tuning in to yet another episode. I can't believe we are already at episode 49. It's crazy. Today, I am sharing the interview I did with Julie Harris from Toronto. She is the co-owner and co-founder with her husband of Six Cycle, which is a spin studio in Toronto. If you live in Toronto, I hope you have checked it out and if you do not live in Toronto you should head there to take a spin class with her and her team. I met Julie at YYC Cycle here. She's from Calgary and like I said that's how we met. I met her at spin. She taught at YYC Cycle for three years I believe she said and her classes were killer. She was awesome and so I was excited to watch her journey as she decided to move across the country and open up her own spin studio. So I have Julie share her journey of how she got into the fitness industry. She competed and then eventually ended up teaching spin, which obviously leads her to open up a new studio in a new city. She shares the challenges of starting a business in Toronto while she was still living in Calgary, working full time and still teaching spin here. She shares the challenges of moving cities and opening up a new business in a new city where she didn't know anybody or have connections. And as she talks about, and some of the advice that she gives is as much as opening up as quickly as possible. And then growing from there is important. It's also important to have connections and to have people know you so that your business can take off at the beginning. And she's done a great job to grow it organically but she does say it would have helped if she would have known a couple more people when she moved to Toronto. She also learned that the community and culture of Toronto, especially in the fitness industry was not the same as Calgary. And so she had to adjust how six cycle was being run, the class structure and everything. Once she figured out what it was like in Toronto, she also talks about overcoming the fear of change and jumping into her passion and Julie gives her advice for people both who want to start a business and also those who want to move to a new city. She gives her opinion about why you should ignore the naysayers and just go for your passion. And with that, let us get into it. This is Julie. Welcome back to the podcast. I am sitting here today on a call with Julie from Toronto. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to jump into this. I feel like I've never really heard your story after moving from Toronto. We would always chat in Calgary after spin, but I haven't really talked to you after you've left. So I'm excited for this. Amazing. you. Do you want to start with introducing yourself and telling us what you do?
1: Okay, um, my name is Julie Harish. I am the co-owner of Six Cycle Spin Studio here in Toronto. Um, we're located on the west end of Toronto, right across the street from the Drake Hotel. Um, I teach three to five classes per week at the studio as well as kind of do front desk management and general business overview, as well as our Instagram and social media marketing.
0: So basically everything. (laughs) Basically everything, yeah. Um, And before we get into the studio, do you want to talk about your fitness journey? Because I'm sure that led up to it. Um, And when and how you became interested in fitness?
1: Oh, wow. So I was one of those people, those annoying people that had good genetics and was like, I'm skinny. Why would I go to the gym? I don't need to work out. So that was kind of me throughout my 20s. Um, And then I went, I was working overseas. I was working in Angola. And at that time, we were in a compound. So there wasn't a whole lot of stuff to do. We were able to drink beer, though. So that was kind of my thing. Like, I'd go in and have, like, a few beers a night and kind of always in that state of like, you're not really hungover, but you're kind of tired and you kind of feel like garbage. And so a few of my coworkers decided that they were going to exercise at lunchtime by running. They were going to start running at lunch and this was going to be a thing. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm coming. And they kind of scoffed at me. They're like, you're going to run? And I was like, yeah, I can run. And I couldn't run. So (laughs) I was like, wow, I'm really unfit. So it kind of became that, like you told me I couldn't do it and you laughed at me. So I'm going to do it really good, and I'm going to be the best at it. So I kind of dove in, started running. Um, at first, I was literally probably running a hundred meters a day, and then <laughs> came like a half k, and then one k, and then eventually I was up to running like ten k every day at lunch, and sometimes running upwards of a half marathon distance on the weekends. So it just kind of became a thing. And in later 2010, I ran a full marathon, which was not the most desirable experience um i don't know if you've ever done it but the half marathon is a is like a really cool challenge and it's an, like, an achievable thing and then a full marathon is like complete body shutdown so that was the end of running for me and from there i moved into the weight room i got into crossfit i was living in red deer and working overseas and i got into crossfit and thought it was kind of cool that you could do this workout of the day anywhere in the world and you just had to go online and find it and so that led me to the weight room which kind of led me to more of a like a weight based fitness journey. Um, And then from there, I went to a fitness camp and decided that I was going to be a competitor and took a whole twist, which is how I ended up on a spin bike is I hated doing cardio. And a friend of mine was like, you got to check out the spin. It's really cool. They like lock you in a dark room and play really cool music. And you sweat for 50 minutes and then you're done. And I was like, no, I did it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so I kind of got into it that way. And then here we are. Here we are.
0: <laughs> um, and so, along the way, because I'm sure your fitness routine and everything you think about it is a little bit different now, but at the time when you were competing, what did you learn about the industry and yourself um, through that process?
1: So, the fitness industry, like the competitor industry, is so different from the actual fitness industry, from like actual fitness. So, competitors are a unique breed of people. Um, they're very hardcore. They're very dedicated. Their entire life revolves around that one thing. Um, and so for a period of time, I was heavily involved in that and then kind of realized that I was miserable because I really like food. (laughs) So a big thing of the fitness competitor journey is like really, um, restrictive diet and like very precise diet. And that was the part I hated. I love training. I'm like, yeah, train all day. I'll I'll do that part, but like, I want to eat food. So, um, once I kind of realized that that was the the journey and, and that was kind of how things were going to go. I started stepping back from it and realizing that the part that I loved about fitness was the actual training and not just individual training, but training in a group. So I I kind of went that route. And instead of going to the gym solo six days a week, I scaled back to three and started doing more like classes with other people, of things and, and found that that was where I was the happiest. So I learned that I love food too much to diet and I love people too much to train by myself.
0: I mean, that's a great reason to quit. <laughs> yeah. really. Um, and so then how did you become a spin instructor? So you obviously enjoyed spin enough, didn't hate cardio enough to then teach group
1: fitness. So what was that like? So, um, I was spinning in Calgary and I was spinning like almost every day because I loved it. And it was more than just, the cardio aspect it was like I could go in and just let leave everything on the bike and and come out and be like a different person no matter what kind of day I was having no matter like what was going on in my life I would go in that room my cell phone was off and it was just whatever journey w- was available that day like sometimes I've, I mean I cried on a spin bike like it's wild the <laughs> things that happen in there and so I, I became like really into it I'd never actually thought about teaching until YYC opened Um, and then I had a discussion with Andrew about it and I was like, you know what, that would be kind of cool. Like, I think sharing this journey and sharing things that I love about spin would be kind of cool. So, I mean, if I'm terrible at it, I'm terrible at it. And then I just don't pursue it, but you never know until you try. So I jumped into the training at YYC Cycle in January of 2014 and taught there for about three years until I moved on my own to Toronto. Wow, oh,
0: that's awesome., well, and that's how we met as i your classes were killer, so you didn't suck at it. <laughs> they were so hard and terrifying. Um, and so at this time, you still had a normal in quotations, a normal nine to five job corporate job. Um, so what made you decide to quit that move to Toronto, open a spin studio?
1: so I guess it was kind of a an evolving journey so i loved spin from the moment i i took the class and then i loved teaching even more than i loved spin which i didn't even know was possible so that was kind of like the highlight of my day whenever i taught it was my favorite part of the week favorite part of the day so when things took a turn in oil and gas in 2015 that kind of sort of lit a little bit of a fire was like okay the industry goes through these periods of instability, it's stressful, like we're kind of at the point in our career where you either take it to the next level and you pursue like executive management or you branch off and you do something else. So that was a big catalyst for us because it was, it was kind of that point where you realize that all the things you just took for granted and, and just your day-to-day was now completely turned upside down and shook and the reality that that was gonna happen again and, and just because it's a cyclical industry, was like, okay, what can we do to move out of the industry and find something sustainable long-term? And it just kind of started as a little idea and then just kept growing into like, you know, we we should look into business. Like, what do we think about doing? And I came to Toronto in June of 2016 on a completely unrelated business trip. Like, I came here with my company to look at some technology and was like, I'm going to check out all the cool spin studios in Toronto. And just like do all the cool fitness things because Toronto is such a cool big city. And I came here. And at that time there was a real, like a gap in the market. There was nothing available in Toronto like what we had in Calgary. And I was like, how is this possible? So that was in the beginning of June. I called my husband at like two o'clock in the morning after having a few glasses of wine and was like, we're going to open a spin studio in Toronto, Sheldon. Like it's going to be this thing. We're going to call it six cycle. And he was like, go to bed and we'll talk in the morning. And then the next morning I was like, nope, still a thing. Like we're still doing this. So that kind of started the, the, the real, I guess, fire. And then I called a couple of people, inquired about realtors, hired a commercial realtor to look at spaces. We came here for a couple of days in July just to kind of see what was out there and ended up signing a lease. And then it just was super aggressive from that point on. Wow! Yeah, that's yeah. We <laughs> I mean, just did. It was like just do it. We'll think about it as we go, and then you're kind of like, oh my god, that's happening? Right.
0: I mean, I guess that's probably the. I mean, it's the best way to do it because especially if there's a gap in the market when it's coming, like you don't want to miss the opportunity that was there. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm sure your life was very
1: hectic at the time. <laughs> crazy, yeah, and like my my work was really cool, so I kind of told them this is what I'm going to do. This is kind of the timeline that I'm going to do it, and I ended up working like right up until the very last day. So that was kind of cool that i was able to to maintain my income throughout that whole period of time
0: right and did you know anybody in toronto or like had you did you know anything about toronto before
1: you like moved there no like <laughs> i realize now like how crazy that is like I I thought at the time I'm like oh you know like I didn't know anybody when I moved to Calgary I can just make friends like it's not a big deal and then you're like hey you're not just moving to a city to make friends you're moving to a city to start a business and most of what the fitness industry is is connections so I kind of started a bit behind and then realized I was like oh shit like this is real um so like finding some of my initial instructors like I was going to classes in toronto and like handing out business cards in the change room being like hey you want to teach spin Uh," stuff like that which i mean i look back and i laugh now because they're probably like who is this weirdo (laughs) (laughs) taking a boxing class and giving out cards in the change room but um i kind of did whatever it 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 took and yeah like didn't know anybody but now have such a cool network of people that i can't imagine it being any other way
0: right no and i think probably the organic way that you did grow it is how you developed such a strong community now, which is cool. Um, and so when you were, cause you obviously still had your job. So I vaguely remember that I, did you go back and forth to Toronto to like meet with people and like build a studio and stuff like that was, how was your life? At the so
1: time? I was able to, convince my boss that if I could work, if I could fit all my work into Monday to Thursday, I could have Fridays off. So I would fly on the Red Eye Thursday night to Toronto. And then I would be here Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'd fly back on the Red Eye Sunday night and go to work Monday morning. It was kind of it was not my favorite, but you do what it takes to make it work. Um, We were training instructors starting kind of at the end of January in my apartment of all places, which is a story (laughs) in itself. Um, so I was coming back, training staff, meeting with people, making connections, like getting out in the community on the weekends and then coming back and working and Sheldon stayed here in Toronto, kind of managing the construction end of things and having somebody on the ground in in that aspect, which was super important. We didn't realize that either, that you need somebody here to like watch over it make sure everything's running on time and, and that kind of stuff.
0: Right. And once you finally both got to Toronto full time did you open right away or did you still have time period to like work out everything now that you were here
1: and ready? No, I, I flew out the night before we opened. Like I left my, my last day of work was that day and I got on a plane and flew out and we opened the next evening. So it was, it was aggressive, but I mean, I also wasn't quite ready to let go. Like if that makes sense. Like I, I knew that this was like a big, exciting change and like a big future, but at the same time, like I was so regimented in my routine that I was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to like go there and then I'll just be back. And it was like, no, actually you won't be back. Like this is it. So I kind of pushed, prolonged that as long as I could. Right. And what was that
0: first night like then that you opened? How, what was that experience like? <laughs> it was
1: emotional. Like I, it was kind of that like, holy shit, we did it, but oh my God, for doing it help <laughs> um, chaos ang- anxiety filled with like like pride and joy like it was it was a mix of emotions that I don't think I've ever felt in my entire life like every I felt every emotion from like sadness of moving from Calgary, excitement to start a new life, um, pride in the fact that we did it like we, we made it work, we opened, stress is like holy crap, what are we going to do now like it was just it was it was an experience. Yeah. Um, I, My training partner now, her name is Lauren. She kind of found us by walking by and saw our sign and looked us up on the internet and sent me an email. So she was kind of helping us with the like ground level marketing when we opened and was part of the reason why I stayed sane. So she like helped organize the opening and helped, you know, kind of facilitate that because I think she realized she's like this woman is gonna like have an aneurysm if she's left on (laughs) her own. So bless her. (laughs) That smooth
0: yeah no kidding and what have been some of the like challenges along the way since you opened to today that you've had to face and overcome
1: wow um everything so we underestimated the toronto market and when we first opened i mean i went i witnessed studios opening in calgary the fitness community in calgary is like none other they're very tight-knit they're very close they're very uh, loyal they are also very open to change commuting from one studio to another isn't a big deal everybody drives so coming to Toronto realizing that I'm the new kid on the block I don't know anybody nobody knows who I am people don't leave their bubble of you know a few block radius if it's more than 10 minutes commute probably not going to go so I didn't realize any of those things and we did this cool opening thing which you know we marketed and reached out to a bunch of people and had this really cool opening weekend and then the first week we were open it was like two people in a class, three people in a class. And I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? So that was like the initial stress. I mean, it was super cool looking back now to watch it grow from like teaching a class to two people to like our first class that had more than 10. I'll never forget the day when there was like 15 people in the room and I was like, oh my God, it's so full. And you're like, now if I have 15 people in the room, I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? How is this happening? So it's like, it's kind of a cool way to look back and, and realize like how far we've come. Um, so there's that. We dealt with some noise issues, um, being at the base of a condo, which kind of every gray hair on my head is <laughs> as a result of that. Um, we ended up having to shut down last year for just about a week to to do some renos. Um, just like everything like from stress of how are we going to make this work? How are we going to market this? What if nobody likes us? All that stuff to like, now it's like, what do we do going forward? Where is our next, what's our next step? Like, it's just this kind of ever evolving stress in different ways, but it's not terrible. Like it's not debilitating in any ways. It's kind of that like exciting stress because you get to decide your future, if that makes sense. Like, if any stress I ever had in corporate where I, I, it's not the same, like that, those types of stresses, you were like, Oh my God, I got this deadline. Like, uh, whereas this is kind of like, Ooh, what decision am I going to make today? And how's it going to affect us tomorrow? And are we going to do the right thing? And so.
0: Yeah, no, that's super cool. And so different. I'm sure. than like you said, what you were used to in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. Um, and how have you evolved the studio since you first opened? I'm sure you had like a vision in your head while you were sitting in Calgary. And then today I'm sure it's much different.
1: (laughs) Everything is different. Like, I can't even. The vision that I had and the way things went, even starting from like construction to opening, it was just you have to be adaptable. You have to be willing to adapt to change and willing to adapt to a changing market. So, when we came in, I kind of had a similar teaching style and model that I was used to in Calgary, realized that the market in Toronto was a little bit different and people wanted different things. So, we had to like not just evolve. The way that the studio operated, but we had to evolve like class structure and and teaching style and marketing and just so much. But again, like that was a lesson for me learned is that you have to be so open to change. It's scary, but it, it's inevitable for growth because if you stay stagnant, you're you'll just you won't make it in any in any case. Right. And what have you learned about yourself
0: along the way from being a leader to obviously? running a business and the whole thing?
1: I've learned that I am stronger than I ever thought. Like there have been times where my patience has been tested and my strength has been tested and I am surprised at the outcome and surprised at like how I held up, if that makes sense. Like, um, I'm also, I've also learned that I feared change and the more that it was like thrust upon you and like you're forced into it, the more that I've learned that change is actually exciting. And I I appreciate it. I, before I was afraid of it. And now I'm like, man, that's actually really cool. Watching it take that turn around the corner and evolve into something completely different. Um, I also learned that through my marriage that Sheldon and I are much stronger together than we are apart. Um, this is definitely like working with your spouse is a test to any relationship. And I am so glad that we decided to do this together because I wouldn't have been able to do it without him.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And I feel like that's all aspects that in your relationship, personally, everything, which looking back, like you said, you just, it's all really like lessons learned and mm-hmm. just go with what comes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, every every failure comes with a lesson, and if you're not willing to learn it, you're going to repeat that failure, like, multiple times. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and sometimes it's helpful to have someone there to remind you of the failures so that you don't do it again. Exactly. And do you want to talk about the pros and cons of being an entrepreneur because you had a stable
1: 9 to 5, and now, like you said, it's all up to you? So – pros for sure is like if you don't like something you have 100 percent power to change it so in the past and there's you know there's a lot of bigger companies you're working in that like bureaucratic type thing where you got to you got to complain to your manager and then he complains to his manager and it goes up this thing and sometimes it changes but oftentimes it doesn't and you're kind of still left in that in that situation like this is obviously a broad view of it whereas now if i don't like something it's 100 percent in my control to change it whether it be um like a, a style, a marketing like way of marketing things, um, even just like opportunity for expansion. If I don't like something, I don't have to move forward with it, I can pull back and, and adjust and, and do things. So being 100% in control is a really cool thing, but it's also a really terrifying thing because 100% of the decisions are made by me, right or wrong, and there is no like, fallback. Whereas if I made a bad choice in my past, like yeah, you'd get in trouble or whatever, but there was like a, a network or a like a safety net behind you. Um, pros again, watching something grow from nothing to something that you know you've poured your heart and soul into is a really gratifying and, and pride-inducing thing. Um, watching the the instructors. I'm so proud of them. Like when, when they break out and they teach their first class and they, you know, they kind of come into their own personality on the bike. It's just like, I, I'm so proud of them. And I'm so proud to have been part of that journey. Um, Con is again, those decisions are, are tough sometimes to make yes or no. Um, If people are moving forward with the studio or not, that again is, is a decision that you have to make. And Business often doesn't care about feelings, which is hard because I care about feelings, but oftentimes business decisions you can't. Um, And the last pro is that you get to grow into a person and you get to grow into a role that you oftentimes would never have the opportunity to grow into on your own. Um, like you're you're the CEO. You're the boss. Like it's wild. Um, and the growth and learnings that come with that are absolutely unreal and experiences that you wouldn't get to have unless you took a journey on your own.
0: Right. And I love that. And what advice would you give people who want to start their own business? Actually, a two-fold advice. What advice would you give people who want to start a business? And what would you say to people who want to Move cities for a new experience. I
1: feel like you've you've now done both. So, <laughs> um, so advice to give to starting for starting a business is is kind of multifaceted. So first thing, trust your gut. If you believe in it, then pursue it. Because a lot of times people are afraid. People are afraid of change. And they the naysayers in your life aren't necessarily being naysayers to save you from learning a lesson. They're being naysayers because they're uncomfortable with the change you're about to experience. I look at it as what do you have to lose? If you move forward and start your own business, what do you have to lose? And I'm not talking monetary or possession things, nothing. You're going to leave at the end of the day with the same skills you had walking in new lessons that you've learned, new skills that you've learned, and if you lose something, it's monetary or it's possessions or it's things that can be re i guess you can get them again. so those are the two pieces of advice I'd give is trust your gut and believe in it. What do you have to lose? Why not? Why not today? Why wait um moving cities, I would say, <laughs> go early and make connections <laughs> like. I I appreciate the organic growth we've had, but I realize things could have been a lot easier had I made the move maybe in January and had three months to, you know, grow in the city and learn, meet people, learn how things worked, network versus kind of having those just the weekend, which was mostly taking up by training. That uh, yeah, I would say connect, grow, meet people, throw yourself in there, inject yourself into the community that you want to grow into and don't be afraid to be that annoying person that says like, hi, I'm Julie. I'm starting a spin studio. Do you want to be part of it? (laughs) And it worked out. So it's
0: all good. Yeah. Um, and how have you found a work-life balance? I'm sure it's changed a bit since hopefully things
1: have calmed down a bit since you moved there, but how's that like? So it's still fairly heavy on the work and not as much on the life part of balance. Um, we're working towards that. So as we continue to grow, we're able to add more staff and alleviate some of the, the roles that Sheldon and I play in the day to day operations of the studio. Um, one of the things that we have started doing it like in the last year was going to the gym on our own for our own workouts together. That's our, that's the time you get, you know, an hour or two to yourself, go in, I lift with my lifting partner, Lauren, Sheldon lifts on his own, that's the time that we take for us. And that's kind of what I need to, to stay sane, if you will. So I'm, I'm okay with that being just a few hours a week. Um, Sheldon and I kind of also have a few non-negotiables. Like we try to take some time where it's just us, whether it's watching a Netflix show or going for dinner or doing something where we don't have laptops and we don't talk about sick cycle. It's hard, but <laughs> because it, it's always something, but it's like you try to take that time whenever you can to just completely let go. Don't talk about it. Don't deal with things like phone away, computer away. We can deal with that tomorrow. And we just focus on like watching a show or having dinner or having a beer or whatever that is.
0: Right. Like focusing on
1: the rest of life that <laughs> does still if, exist. The, the life balance is going to continue to increase as we continue to add staff and alleviate a lot of that pressure to, to be there because at the beginning we were there 24 hours a day and then slowly but surely we've scaled back and I've scaled back the classes that I'm teaching and he's scaled back the hours at the desk and so we're just we're getting to that point
0: well I think that comes with really any business that started like you have to be there to obviously yeah. if you can't afford staff but even just to make it so it turns out the way that you want it to turn out exactly um couple more questions. What is next for six cycle? What's your plan?
1: Um, we have growth plans. I'm not going to divulge the, the ins and the outs, but, um, expect to see more from us
0: soon. Cool. I am ready. Uh, and is there a
1: podcast or book that you would recommend to listeners? Um, so podcast for me, I'm a real big fan of fitness career mastery. Um, in the sense that it, add, it it gives a lot of like ins and outs of group fitness advice and tips. Um, I'm also a really fa- real big fan of Joe Rogan. Um, oh, yeah. The episode where he, di- he interviews David Goggins is one of my favorite. Oh, man. I know. I listened to that. It was so inspiring. <laughs> David Goggins is like the man. I don't know. I'm obsessed with him. Um, he's also kind of crazy. Um, books, there are three Um Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, is I I read it in my sales career in oil and gas, and I've read it multiple times. It is an absolute must if you're making connections with people. Um, Tim Ferriss, the the Tools of Titans, and Robin Sharma, The Five O'clock or Five A.M. Club. Those are three books that I love and I've read, and I encourage people to read. Um, Different approaches to different things. One is more on a sales end. One is more of a like hardcore, do you really want it bad enough? And the other is more like, here's the tips that you can put together to make your best life. So, right. (laughs) Just take what you can from each of those. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. And where can people find you and six cycle online? So you can find me on the gram, Julie Harish underscore. You can find six cycle on the gram, six underscore cycle, and you can find us online, SixCycle.com. six I X cycle.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing and anyone who is out in Toronto needs to come check you out. Yes.
1: Love it. Thanks for having me.